We kick off our SMSU campus update for this October 3rd, 2023. Joining me in studio as per usual, Mr. Bill Molso, the VP for Government Relations, Communications, and Marketing. Bill, good morning. Good morning, Josh. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, It's been a wonderful weekend. Uh, The weather was rainy. And hot. Well, we got some hot. I don't like hot. I like the forecast you just just talked about. You're a big fan of the 60s. I I like the the 60s and the 50s and that little bit of killing frost. Yeah. Snap some of those bugs. I like that. Yeah, there we go. Definitely. I like the positive outlook. Also joining us in studio this time around is Spencer Lawaji, head coach of the SMSU eSports team. Spencer, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing great. Good, Feeling good. good. Awesome. That's uh, good to hear. And we're going to be learning a little bit about the eSports department, the team at SMSU. First, we're going to learn a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then kind of your what got you into the role here as the head honcho of the eSports team. All right. Grew up here around Marshall. Uh, got into video games probably like eight or nine years old and decided around 12 or 13. Uh, competitive video games is kind of where it's at. You know, I, I love competition. I was always in sports, so having a drive to um, compete against uh, um, a variety of opponents. So I, you know, got into esports probably senior of high school, that type of thing. Really followed it pretty heavily in college. When I graduated, grabbed a job at SMSU as soon as they had one available for me, snatched it up. And then I uh, heard they're coming out with potentially moving into the esports. So I was right on top of that right away. Uh, as soon as I heard SMSU was even hinting at being involved in esports, I wanted to be involved in that because it's something I'd pretty much followed for the last eight, nine years, really, when it started kicking up um, about 10 years ago. You mentioned you kind of got interested around kind of senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. What games were you interested in? in that, that was the League aspect? of Legends era. Yeah, you yeah. know, we all went through certain eras, I feel like, if you've played a lot of video games. That was early League of Legends. Probably one of the most addicting video games of all time and the most competitive, correct? Yeah, well, it has the biggest competition for sure. I mean, each team will probably argue back and forth on which one's the most competitive, but uh, League of Legends has had the biggest events for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I'm glad this is radio so they don't see you guys just laughing at me (laughs) because you're not even talking about Pong. You guys don't even know what that is. Well, that's, you know, that was the big thing when I was growing up was Pong. So carry on. League of Legends is basically just a sequel to Pong. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Direct sequel. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, So uh, League of Legends, that's what got you hooked. Um, That's the thing about video games because when you think of video games, you think of you're just for enjoyment or for fun, but then you kind of touched on it, the competitive aspect, and then it just, over the last 10 years or so, it's turned into organized competition. Yeah, I mean, video games have really, you, there's some that are completely just for single-player enjoyment, that type of thing, but then there's definitely the esports genre of games that are developed for competition, you know. They're not developed to play by yourself or anything like that. They're developed to compete against uh, other players across the world. And what games does SMSU compete in? Uh, we got uh, six games right now, I want to say. We're, we're working on one. Uh, we got League of Legends, Rocket League, uh, Valorant, uh, Counter-Strike 2, which just came out. We got um, Apex Legends, and I'm missing one off the top of my head. Overwatch. Overwatch. Are we going to try and add Call of Duty? If we, if we had the players, right now we're just... We're not quite there with uh, where we want to be uh, with students involved in 
Call of Duty. So that's something next year I'm definitely going to be looking at. Is that the game that you were kind that's, of thinking of? Yeah, that's the game I want to be in that we're not in. Okay. The re- you know, for the rest of them, I think we're in pretty much where we want to be. Uh, I would like to be in Call of Duty, but so that's the next goal. You mentioned the number of players kind of being an issue. How do you recruit gamers to join your esports team? That can be a, a really difficult thing um, because there's no way of really, you can't just go to a high school game and watch and see. I mean, there are high schools that are getting more involved, so it's becoming more and more a thing. But there are recruiting tools out there. It's usually a lot of student-ran things where they go sign up and then you can view uh, their information and uh, contact them that way. There's combines that are ran, tournaments that are only ran for high school students, so you can watch the tournament and talk to some of the players after their games and that type of thing. So one thing that I was kind of thinking of with uh, Twitch and YouTube and all these folks that stream their video games and they can make money doing that, I suppose it's a little bit easier with the NIL stuff, but were there any issues when esports were kind of becoming a thing when you couldn't use the name, image, and likeness? Yeah, and that's something you know we worried about our first year or two in esports now it's a lot more developed it's a lot more open for people to use but it, it was something we were thinking about at the beginning of our seasons of like what can we broadcast you know do we have permission to broadcast this from the publishers and getting a hold of any of those publishers is uh very difficult as far as the students the student athletes are they competing in just one game are there a couple competing in multiple how does that work yeah we probably have um 10% of our players that compete in multiple games, maybe a little higher, 15. Um, but for the most part, players compete in one game. And if they do compete in multiple, they're usually like on a, another shooter game. So maybe they play in CS2, which is a shooter game, and then Overwatch, which is a hybrid shooter game. A lot of the time, their skill sets transfer over, so you don't need to spend as much time on a single game. As long as you're uh, keeping up in one of them, you're practicing for the other as well. And about how many... Student athletes are on the team. We have about 42 involved in the program. Some of that's, hey, I'm a broadcast student. I'm really interested in broadcasting the game. Not quite their skill level wise, but would love being involved in the broadcast. So about 42 when you consider everybody. Spencer, tell us a little bit about the broadcast option that students have. I know that's something that I know you had some students that are really interested in that aspect of esports, not so much the competition. Tell us more about that. Yeah, we love having uh, people involved in the broadcast. It makes my life easier. I I like broadcasting. I don't have the time for it all the time. But we we have typically three students on per game. That's one person kind of controlling the camera within the game, and then two people talking over it. And anybody interested in, at SMSU for that, we we love to hear from you. You know, we're looking for those people more and more. It's a lot like what Josh tries to do on it, Wednesday, it, it, Thursday, it, it, Friday, Saturday it, yeah. nights. It is the exact same thing. You are doing a play-by-play yeah. of the action. I've tried it. And how were you? I'm awesome. I believe, <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> Very humble, too. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I did want to ask, because you mentioned about 42 student athletes. Are any of these student athletes in other sports like beyond esports yeah we have a couple people in like swimming we've got one in baseball i want to say so we've got a couple here and there i I would less than five okay so it's it's not a huge majority but there are people who are involved in other athletic events across campus which goes to show that 
there are people that can play video games and, you know, work out and exercise and touch grass. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> you know, we do encourage our students to get into the weight room. Just there's it's you can see a lot of correlation between getting that exercise and just some stress relief between games. And that helps them a lot. You're essentially you're competing, but you're not doing a whole lot of physical work. You're doing a lot of mental work. You still got to make sure your mind is sharp. You got to stay well hydrated. You got to eat. You got to do all that stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. We really encourage them to you know, be on a good, well, you know, drinking a lot of water before the game, making sure you're in tip top shape because a lot of these games are very mentally taxing. Now we have touched on it. This technically is athletics. So you fall under the same jurisdiction of athletics. With that comes some requirements. How do you handle those? What are some of those requirements you got to deal with? Yeah, I, we love being under athletics because it it's very similar. The amount of restrictions we have through NACE, through NECC, line up pretty similar to the NCAA and that type of thing. So, you know, we've got GPA minimums. We got full-time student requirements and that type of thing. And that all aligns very similar with uh, other college uh, events. So, it works perfect for us to be under athletics. Um, there's a few meetings that I go to that things don't line up quite right, but you know, for the most part, we line up pretty close with athletics. Spencer, are, are student athletes uh, also limited to four years of competition? Yes, with you know, during the recent COVID, we got a plus one, but for the most part, yeah, we're limited to the four. And what kind of teams do you compete against? Are they area teams? Do you go across the country? Do you stay put? How does that work? We compete pretty much across the country. It's uh, skill-based matchmaking, so that they'll look at where we rank in comparison to uh, the other colleges, and then they try to find uh, a division that makes sense for us. Um, but, I mean, there's times where we go against other colleges that are around here, and there's other times that we'll play, you know, some Texas team. Um, so we compete pretty much all around America. I do play Call of Duty, so when you said skill-based matchmaking, I did roll my eyes a little <laughs> bit. That wasn't at you. That was... More at Call of Duty. Bill, you have a confused look on your face. You have no idea what I'm talking about. I do. I just, I'm, I'm going to refrain from a comment. That probably would have been, yeah, I'll just save it for later. All right. We'll save it for off the air. I appreciate that. Uh, I do want to know, like, where do you practice? Where, like, do you have a special area to work out, or how does that work? Yeah, SMSU is kind enough to get us uh, pretty much three rooms. We've got one big room for our practice room. Got about 24 machines in there. That's where my desk is. That's where most of the action happens during the day. But then we have a room that's divided into two where we uh, have five machines separated for competition. So that way we can have a practice going on at the same time as we have a competition. And then the other half of that is a a broadcast room. It's got some of this equipment you're using here. You guys have a little bit more than what we would (laughs) use. But um, so that's where we run our broadcast from. That's very cool. And now you are the coach not the player is it is it kind of is it kind of tough being the coach and, and and what does the coach do while the competition is going on sure uh sometimes it's difficult being the coach sometimes it it kind of depends on how things are going there's times where you're like man put me in there um there's other times where you you're just proud to see you know where your teams uh come from where they're where they're headed um as far as during competition we are not allowed to talk during the games unless a timeout's called and you can only call like two timeouts in most games um, per map, which is about a third of the game. So I can only talk for a couple minutes and then between maps. So 
I have limited impact during the games. It's mostly comes from practice, talking about scenarios, making sure they're ready for um, different looks that they might be getting in the game. We'll a lot of the times do a little research on our opponent, see, okay, this is what they were running last uh, game, so be prepared for these types of scenarios. Kind of like you would in like a football game watching a little bit of film, but I don't get direct impact once the game started. So you don't get the headset, you can't like talk directly to them while it's going on? It's nope. completely cut off? Correct. Okay, wow, that's uh, interesting. So you got to make as much as you can out of those couple minutes, right? Yeah, and you really try to find one student who's going to lead the team through uh, communication. So you usually work pretty heavily with one student on the team uh, to try to get them ready for these scenarios. Usually the, the person who's a little more of a cerebral player does a lot more of the thinking rather than having the flick aim and that type of thing. So you, you try to find your person who can think through the scenarios the most and work with them. Now, when it comes to practice, do they practice on their own time? Is it a set time? Do they practice together all the time? What does a typical practice look like? So we typically do two and a half hour practices twice a week with me. And then I expect them to be putting in similar amount of time on their own. So I'll have the whole team there for two and a half hours. And then I expect them on their own to be also getting some individual time. So a little bit of mix of both. Um, I'll leave them homework to work on. They're not a big fan of that, but it's the only way to get through certain things. I want to know what esports homework looks like. So, well, it depends dramatically based on the game because a lot of these things are very uh, game based. But for instance, RCS two teams getting ready for competition. That game just released, so they haven't started competition yet. But we'll work on. Okay, I need you guys to know these specific smoke grenade lineups, and I need you to be working on this Molotov that hits in exactly this spot. It's very specific. I usually include you know screenshots of where uh, where it needs to line up and that type of thing with. Uh, with that homework. All these student athletes, I mean, for the most part, when you're playing video games, especially nowadays, you're kind of playing on your own. Back in the day, it was everybody huddled up in the living room playing together, but you're kind of starting on your own and then you're joining up together as a team. How does the team building work in, in eSports? Yeah, and that can be a little difficult. A lot of these um, students are coming in without a lot of, you know, a lot of them didn't play baseball and learn how to work as a team in that aspect, how to communicate with your team in a productive way. So a lot of the things we talk about is, you know, communication and how to get everybody on the same page. Uh, A lot of teams use like an app called Discord to communicate. So a lot of them are familiar with working with maybe one or two friends while they're playing their games, but it is a different, it's a different thing when you get into competition, especially at a collegiate level. It's a lot of coordination. Most games aren't down to the better players, down to the better team. What are some positives and some skills you see from these students from when they start to as the year goes on? It really comes down to um, a lot of these students don't have the best time management. So getting them down uh, time management and getting in the, the working on that communication, um, le- really learning problem solving is one of the biggest things um, because a lot of the times things aren't going right in a game and we've already called their timeout. So they've got to work on, on the fly. I can't solve the issue for them. Um, they got to figure it out themselves. So uh, I would say problem solving is one of the biggest skills that they learn. Also kind of wondering, cause you kind of touched on it looking for possibly another competition to add, which means we need some more student athletes. 
So is this your call out to anybody right now to saying, hey, join our esports team? Yeah, especially if you're interested in Call of Duty. Uh, if you're interested in other games, it'd be great, too. Um, we love expanding. Um, SMSU is always looking for more ways to engage their student base. So if you're interested in esports, contact me no matter your skill level. We'll figure we can figure something out, whether getting you on, a, you know, a junior varsity team type thing, getting you built up for uh, future semesters getting you in broadcast, getting you involved somehow. We, you know, we love having more SMSU students involved. This has been a great year for us. We've really been expanding uh, this year, so we want to keep it coming, keep it moving forward. We kind of touched on it off air. These gamers, they're pretty good when they're very young. So are, are, are these esports athletes in college, are they kind of reaching the end of their prime already at that point? It depends a little bit on game. Um Rocket League's probably the game where uh, naturally, if the younger you pick it up, the better you're going to be. Um, you typically hit peak maybe when you're 18, 19 in Rocket League. So, yeah, towards the end of your college career, you could be on, on the way out, unfortunately. Um, but other games like uh, Counter-Strike 2, we've seen a lot of the best players being 28, 29 years old. So there's still a lot of room to grow. Be a lot of the games that you have to do a lot of thinking through scenarios. It tends to help the being a little older. You do lose a little bit in the AM, the reaction speed. Typically we see, you know, the students when they enter as their freshman years, their best reaction speed that they're ever going to have. And I, I myself have really noticed that I terrible in comparison to where I feel like I used to be. I can confirm 10 years ago, I was pretty darn good at video games. And now I not so good. Yeah. Bill, no, how, how's the pong game? Is uh, it still good? It's still good. Up and down, up and down. That's all you got to know. Know your angles. <laughs> know your angles. There you go. You should be a pong coach. I could do that. There you go. Let's <laughs> do that. And there we go. Uh, Spencer, I appreciate the conversation here this morning. Good luck down the road with uh, all the competition, and we'll chat again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. As we are now going to swing it back over to Mr. Bill Molso, the VP for Government Relations, Communications, and Marketing with a list of events on the upcoming calendar. What do you got for us? Uh, volleyball, big bunch of big matches this week. So they're at home tonight versus Augustana at 6 o'clock in the PE gym. Uh, it'll be faculty and staff appreciation night. Friday kicks off their uh, volleyball alumni weekend. They'll be hosting St. Cloud State at 6 o'clock, and then they'll have University of Minnesota Duluth at 2 o'clock in the PE gym on saturday uh swimming is also home this weekend uh they'll have friday night their brown and gold inner squads scrimmage that starts at six o'clock in the don palm auditorium and then they'll be hosting the university of sioux falls at two o'clock on saturday and then next week we'll have a we'll have a, a guest uh, angela lee our new alumni director will be with us and we'll be talking all things homecoming so uh one thing i do want to call out there's still time to sign up for the homecoming parade on October 14th. That's always a great Saturday event. Uh, that's at 11 o'clock. So if you're interested, uh, we'd love to find a spot for you. You can call Scott Ewing uh, at 537-6394 or send him an email at scott.ewing. That's E-W-I-N-G at S-M-S-U dot E-D-U. Get you signed up for the homecoming parade. Very good. Good stuff as per usual. Bill Molso, thanks for the update. Thank you, Josh.